0: Welcome to the Generosity Podcast with the Generosity Guy, Kyron Johnson, where we talk all things generosity, why it's good for you, what it's made up of, and why it can be so challenging to live out. On the Generosity Podcast today, I have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Jason Satiris, who is the founder of Super Tea, and he's got quite a story, and we're going to get into that. So Jason, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Kyron.
0: Now, um, Super T, I will get you to tell me about that a bit later, but I'll, I'm curious about kind of your journey, um, who who you are, like your your work experience and then some of those poignant moments of life which have transitioned into where you are now.
1: Great, great. Um, so we'll start with, uh, I guess, my daughter, Angela, who is mm. now my eldest child. I'm a father of three. Excellent. Uh, I, wa- I was working in construction and if we would have met, many years ago and you would have said to me, Hey, you're going to be a um, CEO of a charity. I would have laughed at the idea, <laughs> but isn't it funny how life turns out eh? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Angela um, was born in 2012. And uh, in, after her first birthday, she got progressively unwell for some reason, which at first we thought it was just an infection. Maybe she mm. had a virus of some sort, but uh, I, you know, I remember how quick she was getting unwell like mm. we're talking about a one-year-old who apart from what she was going through at that time would have been considered like an energizer bunny she just wouldn't uh, she wouldn't stop she was just full of life full of energy very happy bubbly little girl mm. and then she did a complete 180 where she was taking four-hour naps she couldn't eat she just wanted cuddles something was wrong and we ended up at the children's hospital and this is in and sydney this is in Sydney. Yes. yes. Um, and after four days of testing, which I, I, I've got to say felt like the longest four mm. days of my life, we were just wanting to know if there's been any update. And then finally on the, on the evening of the fourth day that she was there and they tested everything. Yeah. They sat us down. They said, look, we know what's wrong with her. She has a rare type of cancer called Langerhans cell histiocytosis. I had to learn how to say that. Yeah. That and too. how
0: to spell that. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And it affects r- roughly one in 100,000 um, people. Yeah, uh, I live near uh, Common Bank Stadium, which I think uh, has a capacity of roughly about 30,000. So you could fill that up three times and still not get to Angela. That's how rare her condition was. And I had to ask the question that every parent wanted to know, which was, you know, in that situation, what are her chances of getting better and beating it? She had Lesions and tumors all over her body. This disease really uh, attacked her. And they told me straight, they said, she has quite a fight in front of her. We'll give her a 20% chance of survival, wow. which I wasn't prepared for that answer. It really uh, shocked my, uh, my partner and I, and what followed was three years of, of really like difficult, traumatic, uh, my, little girl fought to stay alive. yeah. And I'm very proud to say that she overcame it. Uh, she's got scars and complications as a result, as you can imagine, but mm. she, um, you know, she's now nine years old. Um, and you can imagine what it's like for me as a dad. Uh, every time I get to sing happy birthday to her, or every time she comes home with an award, all these milestones that I, I honestly felt that was going to be robbed from us. Um, she overcame a, a, a very slim chance of survival and it's a privilege to have her. But during the time that she was in treatment, Karen, I, I felt like such a useless dad. I mm. felt like a, a, a worthless um, parent. I, I couldn't contribute at all to what was going on apart from just kisses and cuddles. And uh, it really affected me as a, as a father, as a man. Um, here's my little girl in this, this hospital bed And I can't do anything to help her. And it felt like this cancer was like a bully, as I describe it, inside of her that uh, I just couldn't get to. I couldn't Mm. couldn't save her. And I uh, had to do something. So out of desperation, I wanted to find ways that I could make a difference. And I noticed when Angela was confined to a hospital bed, like a lot of children in her predicament are, uh, amongst all the wires and tubes, how hard it is to try and change your child when they're stuck in a bed that is so easy for them to make a mess. I mean, they're stuck in bed all day. Mm. There's lollies, there's crayons, there's Play-Doh, there's food. Um, The the chemotherapy she was on would cause her to throw up quite often. Hygiene was such an important thing. Mm. It was just so hard to change her. And I thought to myself, after one particular day, that was quite hard. She had a tough day. Why hasn't someone come up with something that makes it a lot easier for parents to change their child? Why do we need the help of nurses to try and navigate through all these wires and tubes? And no parent wants to touch. Yeah. You know, this is a this is a cat that's going straight into my daughter's hand or, or, or arm. And, and particularly at her age, it was so hard to find a vein. Um, I don't want to touch that. I, I don't want to interfere with that. She was so delicate. So I'm a tradie dad that had a crack at reinventing the hospital gown and it took me two years. Yeah. Wow. I failed so many ways, but I did it. And in June, 2018, um, I walked back into the hospital that treated Angela and I'm holding her in one hand and I'm holding this product, which we call the super T, a medical garment disguised as a superhero costume. As an alternative to the hospital gown, mm. and we gave the first super tees
0: out—one hundred of them—to the kids there at hospital. Yeah, that's amazing. So that's that's an incredible story arc for you know your journey, and I, I just would love to to pick some pieces to to dwell on for a second. And like, as a father of four myself, you know, thinking back to my firstborn um, when she was one, um, you know, she's now fifteen, uh, and and I'm like. I didn't know anything. Like I know a little bit now, but back then I had no clue about kind of kids and all of that stuff. And so to be in that space as a still a relatively new father and to kind of watch your child who in that moment, you and your partner are their world. You're everything to them. And to have that feeling of helplessness, that would have been extraordinary just to kind of process day to day.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I... I really
1: struggled with with that, but we we adjust the best that we can, and we tried to make the best of what we could with mm. what was going on. L- little things such as whenever we, we were in the presence of of my daughter, you know, everything was fine, everything's okay, everything's funny, everything's fun. I would do whatever I could to make her laugh. Yeah. Whether that meant pouring water over my head or <laughs> uh, making funny fart sounds, uh, whatever would work. And, and every parent gets that uh if I had a moment where I, I i felt like crying, I would remove myself from the room and I'll let it out in in you know in in the hallway or or and I can't tell you the number of times nurses have given me a hug yeah uh, I have a real yeah. soft spot for for our, for our nurses, but one thing I think really helped me and um my partner was every day we texted each other three things that we're grateful for. We had a bit of a challenge for each other. Yeah. But the trick was you can never say the same thing twice. Now, in the first couple of weeks, you're thinking of things that are very easy, you know, to come up with. But after four weeks, you're really looking for things to be grateful for. And that lies the, the mind shift. For us, mm. we had to find things to, to look and be grateful for. We were actively looking for reasons to be positive in such a dark situation. Because what else can you do?
0: Yeah. And I think that's the, the key component to generosity is it comes from gratitude. Uh, and so for you to do that exercise, like, I think that's a great exercise to do anyway, but to do it in a space where it's, there's a lot of darkness, there's a lot of unknowns, and there's a lot of, lot of uncertainty. I think that actually carries with it a great deal of power and strength. And so how would you define yourself before this situation in diagnosis? And how did you change post-diagnosis? You
1: know, I, I really appreciate that question. No one's really asked me that, mm. but I can, I can tell you prior to my daughter being diagnosed, I was very much a person f- focused on growing my business. I I'm working in construction and I had a team of, of people working with me and we were capturing some, some great work. So I wanted the, the big house, the big car, the, um, you know the the, the big everything,
0: mm.
1: and geez, how suffering changes you. Mm. How experiencing hardship and seeing a loved one suffer and the impact that has on you and your mindset. I'm a completely different person. Mm. I, I I reckon you would have met two people if you met me and my former self. Yeah. Um, now I appreciate things more. I understand that patience is is really important because I used to just fly off the handle out of nervousness and out of just the, the whole loss of control. Uh, I've I've learned a I've learned to be a lot more patient, I think, now. So it has really affected me. And I'm still dealing with my demons. Super T is my way of dealing with it. I, I went from feeling completely helpless to now I feel like I can do just something, even though it's small.
0: And I think that's part of the the reality of control. Like there are so many things that are outside of control, but we our control. But the things that we can control, is like it's just the actions that we take. Um, and so you've taken control over the things that you can do and have actually managed to to make a significant difference in the process. There there is a lot to that, and I really appreciate your your openness and honesty with that. Thank you. Um, and I you know we're all. Still on a journey, and we're all got our stuff that that we're that we're working with. After the years of of that journey, how would you now define your relationship with with Angela? What what is it like for you guys? Only recently, I sat down with with Angela. Now she's
1: nine, and, and you know, with Super Z coming out, having a bit of a media presence, she she gets to to hear secondhand now from her friends. Hey, I saw you on. TV or saw you in the newspaper, so I had to sit down with her and really explain to her what she went through. Mm. But I had to be careful with how I explained it, Garen, because I didn't want to scare her. Um, and but I wanted her to understand how serious the matter was. That yeah. you know the, yeah. the the fight she had in front of her, the impact that it had, how difficult life was. You know, for a long time, I felt like I was I was by myself because. My partner, Vanessa, was at hospital all the time with Angela. And you're down one income. It's impacting your work because I would get up and go to work and finish as early as I can because I want to get to the hospital as soon as I can. And um, I I just wanted her to understand that she really overcame a, a, a really big mountain. So when it comes to things like, you know, her trying to learn how to ride a bike, she's like, I can't do it. And I say to her, you have overcome <laughs> bigger things. You can do this. Yeah. So I, she kind of feels like she has a superpower, Heck yeah. which Heck I think yeah. is, it's great. It's, yeah. it, it's really yeah. good. But um, it's a blessing that she was too young to remember most of it.
0: Yeah. And so I, I sense that, you know, there's been a shift in, priorities and a shift in values in in your life during that time Um, and often when i come across people who've gone through life altering situations the terminology they use is i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but it was one of the best things to ever happen to me because of what's come as a result now i don't want to kind of put that on you but how, how would that sit that philosophy sit with how you see the world
1: I say to anyone that has ever had to visit hospital, um, for because of a life-threatening condition, you leave with two things: you leave with the fear of coming back, mm. and you leave with laser-focused clarity of what's important in your life because yeah. you've had to go through, um, like a baptism of fire. It is in a way, it's it. You're you're exposed to the reality of life, how suffering can impact you and those that you love and just how fragile we are. Mm. And when I say focus, yeah, you start to realize that the things that I used to love and care and um, focus so much on was the wrong things. (laughs) Um, It's just, I think we're so blind. And so we've lost, such a perspective of things that I think you get when you go through an experience of suffering. Um, it's really hard to explain, but I I do think that what I've witnessed has sort of, it it, it has, it's, it's changed me. I, I now find meaning in my life about what is the greatest good I can do because You've realized how fragile life is, how short it is, Mm. how short our time is. And don't you want to try and make the biggest impact you can in a positive way Yeah. so that when you get to the end of your life, you're going to have what I call that rocking chair moment when you're sitting on your rocking chair and you're looking back at your life and time is passing so fast, you're not going to get it back. And I want to be able to look back and say, you know what, I did the best I can with what I had.
0: That's a great philosophy. And thank you, Jason. Um, and I, I want to talk about your impact now. And so you, you mentioned before that you created Super T as that change of clothes to make things easier for kids as they're in hospital, all the wires and kind of stuff going on. What kind of difference have you seen in kids when they have been able to wear Super T versus just your standard hospital gown?
1: So whilst we we're in the prototype stage, it was just a normal T-shirt, you know, mm-hmm. plain colored T-shirt. My son, um, I'm a father of three now, my, my son gave me the idea or the inspiration for the superhero idea. He has all the costumes you can imagine. He's a superhero <laughs> fanatic. And yeah. he spent a lot of time away from Angela. As you can imagine, you know, she yeah. was in and out of hospital all the time. And he knew when the bags were near the front door, she was going away. Mm. I was looking after him. I was watching TV. He comes out of his bedroom dressed as a superhero. And just as a joke, as I'm flicking through the channel, is how, you know, who are we saving today? And he mentioned his sister's name at that young age. But what I found so interesting, Kyron, was the impact a costume has on a child. Yeah. And it's, it comes by different names. Some people call it the uh, alter ego effect, the superhero effect, the Rapunzel effect, the Batman effect. It is how when a child takes on a costume, they impersonate that character they're looking to play. So there's a psychological distance between mm. them now and the, the task at hand. So it's no longer Johnny or Sally going in for an MRI or an, a PET scan or an X-ray. It's now... Captain America or Captain Marvel. Yeah. You know, going in. And it's that imaginative play. So when you ask me what is the biggest impact that I have been able to bring, yes, the super T provides a greater level of comfort, some independence to the parents, it, it, it provides nurses the ability to access vital areas easier. But for the kids, it's something that I think the hospitals really could use a lot more of, and that is imaginative play. Mm. There is a movie that if you haven't watched it, it's called "Life Is Beautiful" mm. by Roberto Benini. Have you yeah. have you seen
0: it? I see. The thing is, I haven't seen it, but I know the the thrust of it, and it came to mind before as you were talking about your your time with your daughter in hospital. Like when you're with her, it's all everything's great, everything's fun, and then uh, so she just has this experience of everything's positive. Um, and so I had that immediate response of like, that's exactly like "Life Is Beautiful." Yes, mm.
1: and and it's all about how this this father and his son are thrown into a concentration camp during the second world war and for the father it's very real he's aware of everything that's going on here um he's 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 paying attention but for his son it's all a game he's he's he, he he's trying to convince his son that this is a game of hide and seek or finders keepers and if you win the game you get to see something at the very end that is something he really wants to see and I'm not going to give it away, but please watch that movie yeah. because yeah. that really impacted me as a father. I was like, okay, these kids, they're going through very serious situations, but that doesn't mean we have to take away that element of imaginative play.
0: I think about the psychological effects that it has on on kids as they almost feel empowered by like a superhero you know, costume that they're wearing which gives them the courage to, let's go do that x-ray. Let's go have this treatment. And like they turn up different and like that can actually just change the whole um, experience that they have in hospital just by the the outfit that they're wearing. Absolutely, absolutely. I um,
1: Working in, in our charity, we, we get to come across a lot of stories. Mm. Some stories are absolutely wonderful. Some stories would just would melt your heart other stories will break your heart into pieces about Mm. how, how much suffering these kids go through or how cruel someone can be to a child and what these kids face and what they have to go through every day and what they do to just stay alive. And the fact that they still find reasons to laugh and smile Mm. and crack up. um, You learn a lot from, from them, you know? So when you say how it changes you, when you're exposed to that, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, that, that, little, that little speeding ticket or that parking fine is, is, is not as important right now. Yeah. yeah. That, that person that cut me off in traffic is, yeah, so what? You, you, you kind of need that kick up the bum to realize that uh, there are some people out there and some kids that are really making the best of a real bad situation that they're trying, that they're trying to get through.
0: Yeah. That's extraordinary. Um, so I will take you through some of my generosity questions just to kind of get your expertise. Cause I, you know, as a result of this, this journey and giving back and gratitude, I feel like the generosity kind of oozes out of you, which is, which is wonderful. So firstly, how do you practice self-generosity? How do you look after yourself with self-care? Yeah, I, um,
1: I've learned to be a lot more kinder and forgiving of myself. As a as a father, I'm you know I kind of feel like I I need to know everything. I need to know I've got to do the right thing. I've, I've got to be um as perfect as I can. Yeah. Oh, I'm far from that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far <laughs> from that. Um. So I've I've had to be kinder with myself, forgive myself. So when I stuff up, I I have to have a healthy relationship with failure. Yeah. Because I feel so far out of my comfort zone running this charity, not working in the not-for-profit sector ever before. But um, I, I have a responsibility not only to myself but to others to to do the best I can with what I have but to also understand that I'm human and uh,
0: and that failure is part of the process. Yep. Where does that sense of responsibility come from? What drives that for you? Um, I think it comes from
1: wanting to make the biggest difference with what I can, with, with what I have and what I can do. Yeah, I, I think if everybody took a, a viewpoint that they have some power within them that can make a difference to someone else, and I've seen this more than ever being in the charity sector, mm. kindness is the antidote to suffering. Mm. I, I really believe that. I, I really think that if everybody took the perspective of kindness over anything else, you'll see the world in a very different state, so i yeah I think yeah i I think that's where it stems from
0: so how are you generous with your love for other people, and I think this is what I'm curious about is is what what does the outworking of love look like for you i um <laughs> my wife will have a different perspective on this. <laughs> often that is because, the case yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i How do you say no to someone that is going through such a tough time? Hmm. I understand the whole analogy of you know you've got to help yourself first before you you can help someone else. Um, but really, a lot of us are doing well. <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: A lot of us are fine, and we don't understand how much we of a difference we can make to someone else yep. so i i um yeah i I think that if you can just do what you can with what you have, where you are. Every day you put your head on that pillow, you've made a difference. Mm. So that's, that's kind of my, my thoughts. But I, I, I think from a professional standpoint, every time I get to drop off a Super tea to a hospital, and every time I get a message late night through social media or you know a, a nurse sends me a text message with a picture of, of a child, in hospital, and you can see that child is very unwell, but yeah. there's a smile. Yeah, I mean, how, how can you not love that?
0: Yeah. Uh, talking about your your kids for a second, how do you put what I would call generous boundaries in place? So, um, yeah. and I guess even even challenging, if uh, with Angela being unwell, like you you want to give her everything, but there is a point where that becomes counterintuitive or perhaps enabling and doesn't create the best environment. For her, if you understand what I'm saying, like how do you put generous boundaries in your place with your kids? Uh, the, the the word
1: that comes to mind is balance. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm a bit of a Star Wars fan myself. So uh <laughs> for those that are Star Wars fans, they'll understand the uh, the force and the balance, mm-hmm. you know, the dark side of the force. And and uh I, I think that with my kids, they need to to you know to have a bit of balance in their life where you can't have too much of anything. Um, and if you have too much, you've got to share it with others because, um, that's kind of the the foundations of greediness is when you just want more than the, you know, everybody else, or you, you want to stand out to everybody else. We all have our own light. We all have something special. So don't think you're better than anyone else. You're just, you you may be different. You know, there may be something different about you, but I uh, don't ever think that um, you're better than anyone else. So I, I really try and let my kids feel like there's you, there's your family, there's your, your extended family and friends, there's your community, and then there's the world, and we all play a part, and we all have to make an example for everybody else. Um, so when you, when you do something to hurt someone, um, that isn't going to go away. They're going to remember that. That's like an arrow that you've shot that isn't going to come back. But when you do something nice for someone, the same effect happens. They're going to remember that. It's going to impact them and it might inspire them to do something good as well. So which one would you want to be? Would you want to be the good guy or the bad guy? Do you want to be the good person in your superhero story that is making a difference and going out there and, and saving people's lives in any way you can? Or are you going to go out there and hurt people and i
0: and
1: i i really think perspective and and that uh, i i think
0: my kids understand yeah um, and if if you will uh, allow me with your with your partner it was vanessa yes this is this is where i'm going with this like often when when couples go through these sorts of situations breaks the relationship um, absolutely so absolutely. i'm i'm amazed that you guys have come through that and then you have like two other children as well like this is this is a wonderful thing. I'm curious, how did you do that? What does that What does that look like?
1: I'd be honest. Like again, I love these questions because no one, no one really asks them. We don't talk about it. Mm. We don't talk about the fact that that most couples that are parents of of chronically unwell children have a higher chance of separation. Because mm. who can blame them? Like all the or the, the happiness is, is, is taken from them. Like yeah. how it's it, 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 you're, you're surrounded by it's suffering. How are you going to make the, the best out of that? I really think that gratitude trick that I mentioned before yeah helped us yeah. get through some really dark times. I, I think that um, if you are in a relationship and you expect it to always be good and always be happy and roses and flowers – I, I I would question whether or not you're actually ready for a relationship mm. <laughs> because relationships aren't like that. It's yeah. through the good or the bad. And uh, I don't know one couple that has had all good. Yeah. Like you go through good and you go through bad, but I could tell you something. It's, it's I, 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 I hope I do this question, this answer justice. Um, there's something that you get out of going through hardship together you see it kind of with veterans that have been through war. Like there's that, there's that there's solidarity. That there's, there's that bond. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we through this, this is something you and I experienced and no one else really gets it, but you and I get it. It, it kind of transcends the, the, the relationship because it gives it more meaning. It's like, you know what, if we, we can survive this, we can survive anything. Yeah. And if I was going to have cancer, take my daughter there was no way I was going to let it take anything else
0: yeah but I think it speaks volumes um, of just your and and your partner like your tenacity and desire to come together during that time um, because if you do that that's when the the bond comes and the strength come but if you were, were to separate or to try and do it on your own or to kind of push the other person away because it's too painful then that's when it can become really difficult but i feel like you you both have come together and that's allowed you to to stay stronger and i like that's an inspiration to me jason so thank you for for sharing that
1: there is there is a foundation there that um we've been through a lot and if i was to go through it again i would i wouldn't want to go through it with anyone else by her
0: yeah Part of uh generosity that I talk about is is with with finances. And so I would love to kind of get your insight into how that might work for you guys, what you do, what does generosity with finances look like for you guys? How do you look at that?
1: When when it comes to generosity with finance, I think that you need to know when enough is enough. If if, if I was to say to you, and this is just a hypothetical question, uh, I've got I've got a check, empty checkbook here for you, Kyron. Um, how much is enough for you? Hmm. Billion dollars, a hundred million dollars. Uh, you, you tell me and that's it. We'll take care of it. Um, and I think there will be different answers for a lot of different people. For myself, I think that I have a responsibility to make sure that I have a, a roof over our head, food in our stomach. We have a bit of money to, to, for entertainment. You've got to live. Yep. Um, but every now and then you've got to, there's going to be times where you or someone close to you needs help. Yep. Help can come with with finances or help can come with time because they say time is money. You can't help with money can you help with time you know time is perhaps a little bit more precious than money I think yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you don't get it back so all uh, money as well depending who you give money to but <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, so I, I think it, it's not so much finances by value how can you how can you add give? dedicate value to people if if it's just money that's going to make a difference then yeah you give what you comfortably can that's what i say to to someone that says hey uh, i would like to make a donation how does it work well i answer that question just give what you what you comfortably can
0: is there an area of your life which you would like to be more generous that's a work in progress for you at the moment uh
1: yeah i would love to spend more time with with To, to, to be honest, because um, growing Super T, it's a relatively young charity. We only got our charity status in October, 2020. There's still a lot of, it, it's essentially like trying to grow a child. It's like having a newborn It needs constant care and attention all the time. And my kids see dad working hard and I know I'm setting an example for them. I know that I, I would want them to chase their dreams and goals if they were to ever Um, have an opportunity in their life to do so Um, but I also know that dad gets tired time goes really fast Um, dad's not in the mood to ride his bike with 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 the kids he's not in the mood to play basketball because uh, he's too tired that really affects me I think as a a dad as a as a parent Uh,
0: I would love to be more generous with the time I have with my kids is there anything that you're reading or listening to which is having an impact you, on you at the moment that you could share?
1: I listened to a speech recently from Denzel Washington that he gave to a university, and you can find it on YouTube. And it was a very entertaining speech. I, I liked it because he, uh, Denzel was very open about his relationship with, with failure, about how many times he failed before, you know, at auditions and trying to. To get to where he is today it it impacted me because again i'm a ceo of a charity i've never been a ceo before i've never worked in a charity before um and every day i can say to you i fail i make some um good decisions i make some some bad decisions but i always lead with my heart and always ask myself what is in the best interest of the kids whenever i'm faced with well should we go left or right? what's going to make the best outcome for the kids. Mm. That's my North star. Um, but I I really appreciated how Denzel sort of talked about how often he failed at it or at auditions, how hard it was for him, how hard it was for his mom. Mm. Um, and it, it just reminds me that, Hey, if, if you want to be great at something, you've got to accept that failure is part of it. And And so I'm going through this, this phase of my life where it's like, okay, uh, I haven't got everything figured out. I feel like I'm in a completely new um, uh, game here uh, where I'm still trying to understand the rules and trying to understand how who the players are and how to play the game and how to um, to be a good contender. Mm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard at the moment.
0: I guess the, the learning curve on you was very steep at the moment as well. Like It's a, a brand new sphere and so there's a lot to take in. But it's, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm thrilled about what Super T is doing. Um, and so people can donate to you. What does it cost to create? Like if someone wants to donate a certain amount, they could create a Super T. What would that be? Absolutely. So uh, if you go to our website,
1: supert.org.au, super as in Superman, T W E one word, mm-hmm. .org.au, you will see for every $45 donation, it gives us the ability to help a child in hospital. And that's quite important for us as a charity. Um, we, we've talked about what families go through, um, like uh, what my family went through. We They go through enough, these parents. We don't want them to have to pay for it. We want yeah. them to, to, to get a super tea for free. Um, and the reason why that's important for us as a charity is because of two things. Number one, that's one less thing that they have to worry about. But number two, it sends a message that someone out there cares, someone out there is thinking of them, someone out there has been generous Mm-hmm. enough to, to, to want to make a, a a difference for them and knowing that how practical our super t is and the the difference that it can make for a child you know with their comfort and their ability to get through their hospital journey it's really important that we get these to as many kids as possible again when we talk about generosity of finances any amount you feel comfortable with if you can help one child multiple children that's great I've had um, a student recently say, say, look, I can't afford um, to donate a full pack to a child. They signed up for a $5 donation every month. Yeah, great. And I'll tell you what, you know, it's, 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 it's really interesting working in the charity sector. Mm. We were at a Comic-Con uh, not so long ago, and there was a, a, a boy who would have been about similar to age to Angela now, nine or 10 years old. He had a $50 note, Kyron, and and this this kid could have bought anything at this Comic-Con, you know, the, the action figures there and stuff that you can't get at a store. And he's overhearing me talk to someone else about the super team, what what it's doing and that sort of thing, and he's standing there. When this person I was speaking to walked off, he he came up to me and he said, hi, hi I'd like to get one for a sick child, please. And, and it's like it's things like that. I had to. I, I had to ask mum. I had to ask his mother. I said, "Hey, can I have a photo with this kid?" Yeah. It's like I. I. He's my hero. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. What a great job! What a selfish. Uh, what a selfless act. Yeah. You know, those are the sort of things that I remember. Uh, there's a there's a fella. His his name's Rob, and he lives up in Northern Queensland. And he came across our uh, segment on TV, and he wrote me a letter, and he said, "Hey, I'm um I'm retired." Um, I'm a pensioner, but I love what you're doing. Mm. Here's a hundred dollars. Now, yeah. Kyron, a hundred dollars to a pensioner, mate—that is a lot. Mm. I had to write back to him. I had to say thank you so much. You know that this, and I even went to the effort of trying to track down where his super teas ended up, and yep. I managed to find the the child that it was given to, and I sent him the picture. Yeah, that's of, cool with the parents' permission, of course. Yeah. Um that to me, man, that that that's what I love. That's that's what I love about what I do. So if you those are listening out there, if you can help me to do this, that do this more, that it, it would be such a privilege to to act on your behalf.
0: And you're in this special spot as well of actually being able to serve these kids that are that are in hospital and also to be able to connect people with the gift of giving, right? Like they can be generous and make a difference. And so you're this conduit between both of those parties and that's a pretty cool place to be, I think. Um, yeah, Yeah,
1: we say we're a bridge between those that want to help with those that deserve all the help in yeah. the world. It's that, you know, the joining of the two. Yeah, with COVID and everything going on, there's a lot of kids that are scared at the moment. Mm. Sca- hospitals are a scary place. Well, think about it from a one or two-year-old's perspective. Oh, they, yeah, you know, yeah. they're confused. They don't know why they're there. Why can't they go play? Why are these people coming in? And are, are they going to hurt me? You know, the automatic default response for Angela was anytime a nurse or a doctor came into the room, she would just cry. Yeah. Um, And it's really, really hard for these kids to try and, you know, how do you motivate a child to get through something like that? Yeah. So, yeah, it's any any way that we can bring some strength through imagination to these kids that's what we say strength through imagination
0: so supert.org.au uh, is there any other ways that people can connect with you that you want them to engage or is the website the best way
1: Ah, uh, please if you can if you can blow up our social medias guys that would be
0: fantastic uh, visit us on facebook uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'll link to all these in the show notes so people can get access to them as well. But Jason, thank you so much for, for being part of the Generosity Podcast and for sharing so generously of yourself and your story. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. My guest today was Jason Satiris, who is the founder and CEO of Super Tea, a wonderful organization. You can check that out at supertea.org.au uh, and also have got links in the show notes for their social media pages. Well, thanks for joining us for the Generosity Podcast. If you'd like to find out some more information, you can head to thegenerosityguy.com and we will catch you next time.